Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing news. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 19 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley. Today, I'm joined by Beck Burns. Beck is from Active Brand Management. She has over 10 years' experience in managing activations for brands in the Australian motorsport industry. Her crew at Active have worked with some of the biggest brands in motorsport to ensure they generate a return for their investments. As most of you would know, I'm very passionate about sponsorship and marketing initiatives. So this is one of my favorite episodes. I think you can hear that I've got a little bit of a girl crush, a little bit envious of what Beck and her team do do. So do excuse me. Brand activation is really important for onboarding those sponsors. So if you're wanting to know some more information, certainly contact Beck or myself at Motivate training hope you enjoy the show welcome to the show Beck. thanks for having me great to be here uh, as you probably know i'm very excited to have you on probably more so from a personal position than anything else as i'm really um, interested in sponsorship activations so i'm really looking forward to hear what you can share with us today yeah no problem at all happy to happy to share and uh, spread the the good word on activations is you know so much uh, room for improvement in this space right across the the entire motorsport industry um you know there's some brands doing a really good job of it and there's some others that you know could do a lot better so and i think you know across the support categories as well there's um a massive opportunities for sponsors to to leverage their investment both at the track and then you know away from the track when you know the, the cars are only racing so many weekends a year so how do you get that investment you know working for you all year round so we're trying to really, uh, you know, position ourselves as a company that that strives to sort of implement, you know, best practice when it comes to, to sponsorship as well and not just go after data or, or, or whatever it might be. We're all about, you know, putting the fans first and, and making sure that whatever we do roll out as an activation concept puts them first, but then obviously achieves the objectives for the, for the sponsor as well. Oh, I love those words, Beck. It's all music to my ears. I'm very excited to, to hear someone um, talking the same talk as I do. Tell us a little bit how you got to your role. Where, yeah. where... So um, Active Brand Management, uh, we rebranded at the start of this year. I've been working uh, with another agency prior to that, sort of white labelling under them. But before that, I actually started out and the reason that, that Active Brand Management came to be is I was managing the uh, sponsorship portfolio for SimCheap Auto for about four or five years. Um, so that included uh, Supercar Sponsorship Program as well as the, the Bathurst 1000 event. You know, so that was kind of my baby for four years and a crazy, crazy and amazing event to be involved with. On top of that, uh, you know, we had lots of other sort of grassroots, grassroots motorsport stuff going on as well, telecast partnerships, you know. So it ended up being, you know, probably you know, six or seven million dollars worth of sponsorship I was I was managing and, and you'd travel away on race weekends and, and do some cool stuff at track and and I just noticed that there's so many brands just tipping in and this is just, you know, when you look at the main game, tipping in 
you know, millions of dollars into sponsorship and just not doing anything with it. And it just blew my mind. And I ended up moving down to Melbourne uh, in 2012. Um, and, you know, a few people sort of asked me, could you, could you come up with some ideas for my business? So, yeah, kind of here we are five years later and, um, you know, punching on with, with some of the big agencies in town and, and really trying to, I guess, you know, set a new benchmark for what it means to activate your brand within a, within a motorsport paddock. Because as I said before, you know, there's, there's brands that are doing it well, um, but there's, you know, majority of them can probably learn a thing or two. So. <laughs> and can you mention any of those that are doing well that we um, can look into? Yeah. Or? Look, I think, you know, there's some good brands out there. Uh, Vodafone have done, they did some, you know, fun stuff up at the, the Gold Coast 600. Yeah. I'm going to say WD40 because we did some stuff for them a couple of years ago, so I'm a little bit biased there. But You're you know, <laughs> they, were, they were really great in understanding uh, the value proposition and, and what it means to give something of value or create that value exchange straight away. Um, with a fan I think um, you know there's still so many competitions of you know go and they're running to win x and you can win a vi trip to here and take your mates and but you know reality is that you know people think they're not going to win that so why would they enter and then you've sort of lost that opportunity to engage engage with the fans so yeah like I said there's there's definitely a the majority need to uh, you know take a good look at what they're doing and, and really step back and look at it from a fan's perspective. Like if you were a fan at the event, would you engage with that brand? You know? Yeah. And I was about to ask you if you could maybe strip it back and say, explain to us further, what is actually sponsorship activation? What does it mean for the sport? Yeah. So I guess, you know, there's a misconception out there that, um, you know, you sponsor a team and, and whether it's, a $50,000 sponsorship or a $5 million sponsorship. You know, there's that misconception out there that that, that sponsorship fee that you pay to the team will, will achieve the objectives that, you, that you've, you know, set out to achieve as a business. And, and the reality is that the team are only responsible for, for so much. You know, they've got deliverables that they need to, you know, make sure they, they uh, you know, deliver to you. So that's, you know, branding on the car, uh, might be social media mentions, it might be tickets to things, corporate hospitality, um, you know, driver appearances, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, in terms of really activating or leveraging your investment, it's about using it all year round and actually using it to achieve your broader marketing objectives. Yeah. Um, and, and do you even have, and the crazy thing is that there's a lot of, you know, companies out there that don't even have objectives set up around their sponsorship. It's just a deal that's been done. It's, you know, the, the boss was into motorsport or whatever. And, and, you know, there's still deals like that happening today, which is crazy. So, yeah, it, it's about setting your objectives and then setting some strategies and tactics in place to, to make sure that what you, whatever you do with that sponsorship asset um, is all designed to, to ultimately achieve you know, those objectives and get that return on investment. Yeah, I personally don't like the word sponsorship. <laughs> I feel like it, it has a bit of a voodoo around it, um, especially when you are trying to engage with potential sponsors. And it is more so about saying about marketing initiatives and how can we enhance their, their marketing activities for the, the upcoming event or year. Yeah. So you've done lots of different challenges. What's probably been one of your favourite activations? Um, in the V8 space, like I said before, WD40 came on board as a 
sponsor of the supercar series with three years ago now and we, we did a couple of activations um, around the country for them and that was like you know like a little digital scratchy that you'd, you'd scratch off an ipad and it was kind of designed to educate people on wd-40 at the same time but you you know like a scratchy that you'd get from the news agent it was like a digital version on an ipad and you'd scratch it off and you match three things and and um, you, you got a prize. So everyone walked away with something. I remember doing that at, at Phillip Island and we literally had, you know, people 10 deep on the iPads just, you know, queuing up to, to have a go. And, the, the, you know, the data they captured was amazing. But, yeah, the look on the fans' faces kind of, you know, said it all because there was, there was no one kind of offering anything similar. There was, you know, everyone else was... You know, go on the draw to win, do this to that, but there was no immediate value exchange. So that that was one that really stuck out for me. And you know, we got more data there at an event where there was thirty thousand people over the weekend than we did at Bathurst, just because you weren't one of I don't know how many hundreds of merchandisers they <laughs> had at Bathurst, but you weren't you know one of I don't know hundred yeah <laughs> in there, and and there was that. Yeah, there was that value exchange. So it was a real simple recipe that worked really well. We've just finished a, a roadshow in our new activation truck for DeWalt Tools. So they're, a, they're a global company and they, and they do, do quite a bit in, in motorsport, but this was kind of unrelated to, to anything at track. But, you know, we use our new truck, which sort of folds out and, and becomes a, a bit of a stage, if you like, um, and set that up outside Bunnings and, and Total Tools and Sydney Tools and stuff like that and, and educated customers and staff on, on their new sort of outdoor range. So we've just finished that one. That was like 6,000 kilometres of, of roadshow from Queensland to Victoria. And, yeah, and that's a lot of fun, like just getting amongst it. Like, And that's what I love about what we do is, you know, there's obviously time in the office where you need to... Um, you know, come up with these crazy ideas and, and uh, you know, pitch them to clients and stuff like that. But, you know, getting over the line and seeing them come to fruition is, is really rewarding. And I guess one thing that we sort of pride ourselves on is that the people that are in the office, myself included, are the ones that are, you know, rolling it out on the ground. So they live and breathe this stuff every day and, and they're all about getting amongst the fans and, and making sure that, you know, whoever we're representing is, you know, happy with what we do and their customers are ultimately happy with the brand so very jealous <laughs> exactly what i want to do so beth let's go from the beginning how do how does the project start how does an activation come to be activated can you talk yeah. us through both those steps so where the initial contact communication is it with the the actual sponsor or is it with the athlete um, or is it or do you predominantly just do business to business um, and then you talked about um, your team on the on the ground there and the brains behind the concepts. Um, and then how does it all come together, like the ideas and, and yeah, the actual final event? Yeah, so, you know, it probably goes two ways. Like right now where we will still, you know, approach approach sponsors and see if they need assistance with activations. And, and a lot of that's just an education process because a lot of them will, you know, most of them are like, we know what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. Reality is that, they, they probably don't, they're not doing much with it or they don't understand what activation is. So there's an education process there that we go through. But yeah, approaching clients, we, we now have, you know, clients that we've worked with. Bob Jane Teamarts is one that I've worked with for the last five years. And they'll come to us and say, you know, these are the people that we're sponsoring. These are the events that we can activate at. And this is what we want to achieve. These are our objectives. Um, can you come back to us with, with some concepts? So we'll go away 
um, as a team, we'll thrash out, you know, what they've got available to them as, as assets that we can use, as well as what their objectives are, and then also take, I guess, a really long, hard look at who, who their fan is and who that, you know, so if it's motorsport, who are the fans that you're talking to and, and understanding them is, is probably the most important step. So what are the, you know, outside of, you know, their demographics? So, yeah, we know that they're predominantly men and they're 20, age 25 to 54, but, you know, what else do they do? What are the other brands they consume? What do they do in their spare time? Do they have a family? Do they like going to the pub or are they, you know, active in their community sport? What is it that makes them tick and, and really delve into that? And then we kind of bring all that together and, and have a big team brainstorm on, on what we think would work for the client. We'll uh, take that back to them and, and they review that internally and, you know, if they give it the, the ticket of approval, which nine times out of ten they do, then, uh, you know, we just go about working in the back end with, with setting it all up. So we're very much, you know, in the business of uh, managing something end-to-end because the other thing that sponsors struggle with is time and, and resources. So ultimately getting someone like us engaged you know and whether it's with the with the athlete or team themselves or whether it's on the sponsor side of things means that you know we, we kind of manage the whole process end to end so that's from strategy creation all the way through to on the ground implementation to post event reporting as well and that and that post event reporting piece is is vital and often often missed because uh, you know, people don't have those measures in place to, to do that check and, and sort of reflect on, you know, how was that weekend? You know, do we achieve objectives? Is it still a work in progress? You know, all that sort of stuff. So that the next time we go out and do an event, we can we can uh, hone hone down on what worked well, what could have been done better, and, and it's, you know, a constant cycle of improvement there. So. Awesome. And how long does it take for an activation um, to be planned? Depends on the size of the, of the activation. So, for example, I've turned around activations with clients that struggle to make decisions quickly in, <laughs> in like, two to three weeks, and, and that's hectic and I prefer not to do it <laughs> of course you know but DeWalt for example that road show yeah that was probably three months of of in the making in terms of you know presenting the idea through to actually rolling it out on the ground so um that was you know quite a logistical exercise um in itself so yeah it really depends um, and also the size like um you know if it's a simple activation you might just be using one of our social media tools like an instagram printer or a gift booth or whatever then you know that's, that's relatively you know uh, inexpensive and, and quick to turn around um but yeah the, i guess the bigger it is the the, the more time you need but you know we're, we're pretty uh nimble business as well so keep our costs down but you know draw on resources that we've got within the industry to make things happen pretty quickly also and all that equipment you mentioned the dewalt truck is that yours or is that dewalt yeah no i bought that um in (laughs) june of this year so um i got it all all pimped up um it was just a standard kind of box box trailer so it's now sort of folds out and create the stage and then clients can fit it out however they want so for DeWalt we created like a tough garden so to speak so we had you know astroturf done timber cladding you know branding vinyl wrapping some fake logs you know so we can really dress it up or dress it down depending on on the client's needs and um yeah it's kind of my my baby and um (laughs) need to get it out and about in the v8 space because it it was 
it was probably spawned from going to V8 races, if I'm honest, and, yeah. and seeing so many, you know, just rows of white marquees in Merchandise Alley, uh, you know, six by three marquees that are kind of uninviting, the branding's lackluster, and, and you just kind of, you know, in with the rest of the people, whereas this truck really makes your brand, um, you know, stand out and is really quite inviting. So we wanted to have a, a bit of a point of difference and DeWalt was the first first client for it. So it was, it was pretty well brand new uh, when it rolled out at the start of September. So I'm keen to get it back and we're chatting to <laughs> brands now about, you know, doing some stuff over the summer with some other sports as well. So. And like, did you do festivals as well? Yeah, so we could do... Festivals, it can be like a pop-up corporate lounge. So there's a TV in there with lighting and um, speakers and stuff. So we can put little lounge suites and, and bar tables and stuff and even have like a little mini bar there with kegs if we need to. So, yeah, it's really versatile and um, lots of fun to work on. And it's like a little mobile office. It's quite cool. I can't wait to see it. I'll put <laughs> the photo back and I'll put it up in the show notes. So everyone can yeah, have it. sure. So, Beck, one of the main feedbacks that I get from competitors is uh, they don't know really what to offer their sponsors, so as far as benefits go. We know there's the cliches of putting logos and stickers and corporate catering. Are activations costly or where does that fit in the scheme of things? Well, like I said before, they don't need to be. I think they they just need to be clever about what it is they do. So, and I think you know, tailoring sponsorship proposals to a specific brand. So making sure you do your research on the brand, you know, you know, going to their website, going to LinkedIn, going to, you know, just just getting as much information as you can on their brand and then, you know, making, and also their competitors and then making some assumptions about what you think their objectives might be and, and doing that, doing that alone will, will put you probably in the top 5% of sponsorship proposals because, not many people do that. They just have a generic template that goes out with a gold, silver, bronze package and, and they just kind of, you know, hope for the best and wonder why no one responds. So, yeah, and then, you know, taking it that one step further and then, you know, putting in, you know, half a dozen activation ideas, big and small, that they can, that you know, yeah, and I'm talking like, you know, a paragraph on each, nothing, nothing over the top. Um, but just so you can start to plant that seed, paint that picture in their mind about how they might be able to use your asset to achieve their objectives. But yeah, I mean, the, there used to be like a saying where you had to spend like $3 for every $1 you spent on sponsorship on activation, which is rubbish. Like, you know, you can be really clever about it these days and there's plenty of cool um, bits of technology, you know, coming out all the time, which allows you to do that. I mean, there's, there's some awesome stuff in in VR and virtual reality and augmented reality now, which, which we're working um, with too, that's, that just, you know, can transport your fans, you know, into crazy places. Um, so, yeah. And then there's like Instagram printers, gift booths, you know, SMS comps. I mean, there's so much stuff you can do and it's, it's not, yeah, it's not costly. You just need to be clever about how you do it. And, um, you know, it's the old story too. There's a lot of sponsors that have been burnt by yeah. other other agencies as well as other teams that have um, you know promised the world and haven't delivered on anything. So you know that's a that's a very real struggle in the motorsport space. So um, 
if you can do all these things and really sort of get to know the brand that you're pitching to, then, um, you know, like I said, you'll, you'll put yourself in, a, in the box seat to at least get a, a meeting with them and discuss it further. And is that a service that Brand Active, sorry, Active Brand offers, so consultancy around those initiatives? Yeah, so we're happy to, you know, sit down with sponsorship seekers and if, if you said to me, look, I've got, you know, a couple of brands that we want to approach, uh, we need some activation ideas, and absolutely we're happy to, you know, put those together for you and we, we just, we, you know, it's just a, an hourly rate charge based on our services. So uh, we try to make it as affordable as possible. Obviously, the, the goal is to get money in the, in the bank for them and not take it out. So, yeah, absolutely, it's something that we're happy to help with. Awesome. And how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, so they can, they can email me at back at active brandmanagement.com.au um, or you can jump on our website which is activebrandmanagement.com.au um, there's an inquiry form on there so you can fill that out we're also on uh, Facebook and Instagram so um, you can find us on there as well so yeah easy to be found. <laughs> sorry I said you're easy to be found yeah exactly so yeah happy to just have a chat and see where see where uh, you know people are at and, and offer what I think might might add some value to what they're doing. Like I said, I, I'm I'm very aware that lots of people have been burnt sponsors and teams and all sorts in the past. So we're we're trying to, I guess, really take motorsport to the next level in terms of you know best practice when it comes to sponsorship and activations. Um, we actually use one of one of my good good friends and, and colleagues in the sponsorship space, and I I would recommend anyone that's that's looking for sponsorship help to check out her website so kim skildam reed who is a global thought leader in in the sponsorship space she's got some really great white papers and articles on her power sponsorship website um and, and that, power of sponsorship uh, just power sponsorship.com i think it is she's uh yeah she's not backwards and coming forward she's very <laughs> tells it how it is um but she's worked with some of the biggest brands in the world on on sponsorship assets across you know heaps of different sports so she's a really good one in terms of you know what to put in a sponsorship proposal and what not to so awesome well i'll have that link into the show notes for everyone today yeah. next something that we haven't touched on is digital activations yep yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, digital at event um, is becoming more and more uh, easy to do. Like, we've done quite a few different digital activations, which ultimately their objective has been around capturing capturing data and leads for clients. So, um, you know, with, with iPads and the technology that you've got these days, it's, it's pretty easy to do. We did um, one for Liberty Financial a few years ago now, which was a guess the number plate game and if you guess the number plate you won fifty thousand dollars or something like that um it was an insured promotion but that was that was a bit of fun and and uh you know no one wants to talk finance at a racetrack so that was a good example of of um you know have a bit of fun play the game you go in the draw you get a gift for having a go but in the meantime they were collecting i think over a couple of years we collected something like fifteen thousand leads for them to put into their their database which at a cost per lead um, and I think around less than $20 was far more economical than the $100 they were paying using standard forms of, of advertising. Um, and then, you know, social media with, with Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, you can do some really fun things at events as well. SMS comps still work really well. And then, yeah, you've got 
AR and, and VR stuff, which is just, just you know taking it to to the next level. I mean, yeah. the ability to to give your fans uh, the experience of doing a hot lap around Bathurst without them leaving the uh, you know comfort of a a corporate suite or whatever through VR technologies is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure, for both parties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and something that hasn't really been. I think done to its greatest potential yet in in supercars or in, in support categories, but is something that's um, not too expensive to do either. So. Yeah, for sure. So Becky, thanks very much for your knowledge today. Um, certainly, I recommend everyone get in contact with Beck to see how she can help you. Do you have any other um, resources or guidance that you could offer the beginner to amateur? amateur motorsport competitor that's just starting out yeah look i think um you know power sponsorship is a really good place to start i've, I've done a couple of workshops with with kim now and and um you can read up on on uh, you know how to operate from the sponsorship seeker side of things as well as you know what brands are looking for in terms of being you know of, of terms of being a sponsor so you can kind of get both sides of the of the fence through her her resources you know failing that i think it's just you know looking you know just being aware of what's going on and especially in other sports as well i feel like um there's some really great events in in melbourne like i mean you look at the australian open for example that's a really great showcase of brands activating well you know majority i mean yes it's a significant spend that they're doing there but you know, they're reaching a million people over a two-week period, so it's a justified spend. You know, and Bathurst, from a supercast perspective, is probably the best one to look at in terms of sponsorship, you know, and activation as well. I know working with Supertube there for, for four or five years, you know, when they started sponsoring that event, everyone was sort of like, why are you guys sponsoring this? It's not a good fit for your brand. You know, didn't want a bar of them. And I remember taking some promo girls up to the top of the mountain for the first time which was kind of scary in itself. <laughs> uh, we did it and, you know, they the fans just loved it and they couldn't get enough of the brand. And now, you know, they have a, they have a store at the bottom of the mountain, they have a store at the top of the mountain, they have a mobile store, with a little buggy that gets around to the campsites and they turn over a crazy amount of money. It's by far the most uh, successful store for that week of the year wow. across, the, across the entire business. So. They're a good example of a brand that saw an opportunity and saw that, look, there's, you know, 40,000 people camping here. Why don't we set up a couple of shops that make their camping easier? You know, I think now if you went to Bathurst and those those sites, those shops weren't there, people would be up in arms because they, you know, couldn't get all their camping gear or, or merchandise or whatever. So that's a really simple example of just identifying an opportunity and um, executing on it. Yeah, I can probably hear the ears and head spinning of a lot of people listening to this podcast going, oh, that's another thing I have to do. I feel like we're like, okay, you've got to eat right. You've got to exercise right. You've got to do the sponsorship. You've got to get sponsorship and then you've got to look after them as well. So yeah. I think, you know, it's, it sounds, it sounds hard, but I mean, yeah, there's plenty of resources out there to help like yourself and like what we do. And, you know, we're kind of here to lean on if and when you need us to take that kind of, pressure off but ultimately i think with sponsorship it, it's so much easier to keep a sponsor happy than it is to find a new one correct and, and it's such a cutthroat industry like i said um you know everyone's out to get your sponsor as soon as you put them on the side of your car everyone's making a note and you know we'll hit them up at the end of the year because that's when renewal time is but 
you know, it's not hard to look after them. You just need to, um, you know, make sure you've, you, you're over-delivering on what you said you would and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, building good relationships within, the, within their business as well. So that, Yes, because at the end of the day, as I keep saying, this is a business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you need to treat your, unless you've got, you know, millions of dollars in the bank and, and can fund your, fund your way through to a, a, a paid drive somewhere. I mean, half the field in supercars are still paying for their drive. So, you know, it's, you need to put your business hat on early and, and um, you know, in terms of, of educating uh, sponsors as well. Like we're happy to come out if you've got a sponsor group that you feel, you know, isn't um, as active as we like to call it as they should be in terms of leveraging their investment. And we're happy to come out and do, you know, workshops as well to, um, to, I guess, educate them on how they can better use, use their investment too. Yeah, and like you said, it's just about an education process for both parties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, before I let you go back, I put a question up on our Facebook pages if anyone had some specific questions for you. So I just have two here. Jordan would like to know, how would you start your initial contact with a company business that leaves a good impression on your team yourself? So I always try and tell the guys to do something unique. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you need to stand out. I think, like I said, doing your research before you, you call them is, uh, is a really great start. So understanding, you know, what, what's been happening with that business, you know, have they been in the news for anything recently? Is there anything that you can, you know, pump their tyres up about in terms of them doing a great job is a great way to start. And then, you know, if you do get that foot in the door, think about, you know, what's that? leave behind that you're gonna you know you have a good chat with them but what's that leave behind on their desk that you can give them you know you guys top of mind over everyone else so I know just you know outside of the motorsport space we recently went through a rebrand ourselves and I I went to market to get some uh, you know creative agency help on on you know logos and and stuff like that and the agency that we ended up going with was you know one that I had a meeting with them and they gave me a chocolate bar at the end of it. And they said, just, just open it up, you know, and have a look at the wrapper before you eat it. Like, okay, cool. That's random, but okay, I'll do that. So I got back to the office and, and, and had my coffee in the afternoon and opened it up and here's a little note on the inside of the wrapper that said, you know, let's make this happen. You know, we can do great things together, whatever. Like it was just a really nice personalized touch that kind of kept them top of mind. So, you know, little things like that to think of as well. It's cool. But yeah, you know, being different being educated and being aware I think uh, are the big points because you know you need to realize that whoever you're trying to talk to there's probably another hundred people trying to talk to them as well about sponsorship so you know how are you going to stand out yeah maybe they could invest their time as opposed to having this is where your sticker would look great in my car to a mock-up of an activation they could possibly do together Absolutely. Like, and that's going to get you, you know, so far in front of, of everyone else pitching to them. If you can, if you can, in your presentation, make sure that it's, it's tailored to them and not just a generic proposal that you've just cut and pasted and put a, a logo on. I'd also recommend not even putting a, their logo on your presentation because, you know, it could be an old logo or, or whatever. It might not be done to their style guide or, or whatever. So I kind of steer away from doing that as well. Yeah, absolutely paint that picture of how they could activate both at the track and, you know, away from the track as well. Like, what are you willing to do with your time to close this sponsor? Like, what's the value of the sponsor to you? You know, can you can you do some stuff 
midweek? Can you go to their offices and do some things? Do they have a warehouse where it'd be cool to take a race car? You know, just just think outside the box. Yeah, and not just for the race weekends. Yeah, exactly. And you'll be happy to know, Beck, that as a guest, I do send out chocolates. So <laughs> you can have another coffee and enjoy. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and the last question Erin has asked, is there a right way to sell your brand? Is there a particular phase or statement that businesses are looking for when deciding where to invest their money? No, I think Erin's looking for like the silver bullet <laughs> to, to sponsor. Unfortunately not, otherwise uh, it would be really easy. But I think, you know, making the proposal all about them and not all about you is a great way to get that foot in the door and, and start the conversation. So, you know, don't start the first, you know, three pages of your pro- proposal telling them how good you are. You need to start the proposal telling them how you as an asset can help their business. So I agree 100%. And so in our proposals, uh, the templates that we provide, um, half of them don't even, or sorry, all of them don't have uh, anything about really the driver apart from one or two paragraphs. Yeah, exactly. It needs to be all about them and and just your understanding of them. So... um, yeah, there's no, unfortunately, there's no silver bullet. Otherwise, this whole sponsorship thing would be super easy. If you find a, a, a quote that works, Erin, let me know because yeah. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> me too, me too. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your time. It was a valuable bomb of information there. I really appreciate that. No Before I let you go, uh, I always end up, what is your um, favourite motorsport track in the world? Um, uh, because I haven't... I haven't seen too many outside of Australia, unfortunately, but um, so I'm going to have to say Bathurst, which is <laughs> a bit tokenary for Australia. I guess, what's another one that I like? Um, some of the F1 tracks are, are pretty cool as well. The one in Azerbaijan, I actually like just from a scenery perspective. Yep. But um, yeah, Bathurst from a just an atmosphere and... and um, track elevations we used to take I used to do a bit of bit of cycling before I became a mum and we used to ride around the track every morning at Bathurst week and I can tell you that that is one crazy steep racetrack on a push bike so um (laughs) you're crazy bear crazy yeah good fun coming down not so fun coming up but um yeah it's it's just a, a crazy event and I um you know if anyone's getting into motorsport and and hasn't been there or or want to understand the value of sponsorship activation, then I definitely recommend you go along and check that event out. It's that one in Adelaide are probably the best events for you know seeing how the sponsors do it. So yeah, I'm heading to Adelaide for the first time next year, so I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, it's amazing! I love. Uh, I head over in January for the cycling, and then go back there in uh, in March for Clipsal. So um, you know, another another great event on the calendar, and and they have you know. Fantastic, Beck. Well, thanks again for your time. And um, yeah, we might have you on again later next year to see what's happening, as you said, that world of AR and VRs forever um, evolving. So it'll be interesting to see what type of activation is happening in about a year's time. Yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine what's going to be going on in a year's time. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's all exciting stuff. But thank you very much for having me. And anyone has any questions or want to reach out, just let me know that Uh, you know you've heard the podcast and um, yeah happy to help out fantastic thanks Beck no worries see you later
Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in motorsport coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at MotivateT. Until next time, take care. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? Motivatetraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.